Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Ali Dati, Adim, Sifati, Sami, Simatika, Bilishan, Jalil al Qadir, Rafi, Zikri, Mutail, Amri, Jalil Burhan, Fahim al Ismi, Razil, Ilmi, Wasil, Hilmi, Kathil, Gufran, Jamil al Thana, Ijazil, Ata, Imejibi, Dua, Yamim al Ihsan. سريل حساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح صدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنفياء أيها الناس وحد الله فإن توحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن تقوام لك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الطاعة ومن طاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن عص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ودعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين الله سبحانه وتعالى in the Quran addressing the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he says that the stories of the prophets that are given to you within the Quran that these are provided for you in order to provide you with the confidence and consolation to be able to endure the difficulties, the adversities, the tragedies that you are facing and that you are going through. And there are profound lessons within these stories of the prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us throughout the Quran. And these are not just stories in the sense of fairy tales or fictional tales, but these are real experiences lived by the most remarkable human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. And those are the prophets and the messengers of Allah. And those stories are here not only for us to read and even just understand, but to deeply reflect upon and to connect with at a very personal, intimate level 
so that we are able to find meaning, we are able to find purpose, and we are able to find guidance and direction within all these stories and all these experiences of the prophets of the past that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala details to us within the Quran, within the book of Allah. One of the prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us about repeatedly throughout the Quran is Ibrahim alayhi salam. And there are many fascinating lessons about the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam's life. One thing that's very fascinating is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a lot about Musa alayhi salam, about Isa alayhi salam. But there is a lot of repetition, <laughs> meaning the same event, the same story is being told to us in different ways. But nonetheless, a lot of times it's the same events being recounted for the purpose of our understanding and our reflection. Ibrahim salam's story is fascinating because in different places in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares with us different moments from his life. There's one particular story, one particular narrative that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to us within the Quran, within the book of Allah, that is very unique. And this story is told to us in one place in the Quran. In Surah number 21, Surah, surah Al-Anbiya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the early life of the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا رُشْتَهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ رُشْتَهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ وَكُنَّا بِهِ عَلِمِينَ That we gave him maturity and understanding and we were mindful in watching over him. إِذْ قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ مَا هَذِهِ التَّمَاثِيلِ أَنْتُمْ لَهَا عَاكِفُونَ He said to his father, he said to his people, these statues and sculptures that you worship, that you show such devotion to, that you show this spiritual religious commitment to, what is, what is the understanding? Why are you doing this? They said, we found our forefathers that this is what they did. They worshiped these rocks, these stones, these trees, and so we do the same. He says that's not a good enough reason to make such a profound decision because that just means that they were lost or astray as you were lost and astray. They said to him, do you have a point that you're trying to make or are you just mocking us, making fun of us? He said, I do have a point, and the point is that the, the Lord and the Master, the Creator, the Sustainer of the heavens and the earth, and the one who created everything originally without precedent is Allah. And I am here to testify to that fact and to establish that fact. And he said that I will find a way to show you the reality of these false gods, these idols that you worship. Another place in the Quran and some of the narrations tell us that the people had a festivity, had some festivities. They had a carnival or a f festival of sort. And so they went out of town. They went outside of the village. While they were gone, Ibrahim stayed back with the excuse of not being well. And while they were gone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, what did Ibrahim alayhi do? He went into the temple and he smashed and broke all the idols. 
except for the largest idol. And the narration mentions that the tool that he had used to smash all the idols, he hung it around the neck of the largest idol. He left it there with the largest idol. So that when they would come back, they would have to deal with this reality. When they came back and they saw all the idols smashed, they said, who did this? Because whoever did this is a bad person. They said that there's a young man constantly talking about our idols, and I think his name is Ibrahim. They said, go and bring him so that we can make an example out of him. When they brought Ibrahim السلام, they said, did you do this Ibrahim? Are you responsible for all of this? He said, what about the largest idol? Why could he not be responsible for this? Ask him. These are your gods. This is what you worship. Why don't you turn to him? Why don't you ask him? He should be able to tell you. If they're intelligent and they can communicate with you, then ask them. They had a moment of reflection and honesty where they really thought about this and they started to think, Have we been wrong this whole time? Are we the ones who have been mistaken? But then Allah uses this very beautiful expression from the Arabic language, but then they were turned upside down. Meaning they went back to their twisted understanding. And they said to Ibrahim, you know the idols can't talk. You know they don't communicate. You know that that's not the nature of our relationship with them. Why would you do this? Why are you saying this? So he said to them, in conclusion, you worship something that cannot benefit you nor harm you in the least bit. How sad and pathetic are you people? And these things that you worship other than Allah, do you not have a basic level of intelligence? Do you not possess any kind of common sense? So in response to this, because they don't have an intelligent answer, they said, burn him at the stake. Burn him at the stake. And they turned this into this propaganda that if you care about your gods, the idols, then you will prosecute Ibrahim. <clears throat> and you will help burn him alive. In kuntum fa'ilin, if you're worth anything at all. Now here, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he narrates to us what transpires at this moment. So they start this whole campaign against Ibrahim And they spread the word far and wide. And people start coming, they start a fire out somewhere in an open field. And then people start migrating to there. And they start bringing whatever they can to throw into the fire, to feed the fire. It's like their idea of an offering. 
And people start to bring, you know, any old clothes and curtains and old furniture, anything that they can. And they start tossing it into the fire as an offering to their idols. And this continues to happen for days and days and days until the fire grows so much that it grows out of their control. They can't even get near enough to be able to throw Ibrahim into the fire. So what do we do? So they construct a catapult to launch him, to throw him, toss him into the fire. And they construct this contraption and they tie up Ibrahim salam, his hands and his legs and they put him inside of the contraption and they're about, they're getting ready to launch him into the fire. All the people have gathered there to watch this spectacle. And while he's sitting there, tied up, restrained, helpless, surrounded by thousands of people who are all bloodthirsty, think about the helplessness of the moment. And this is where I'll get to the point that I really want us to walk away with. The Qur'an is a sea without shores. The Qur'an has so much knowledge and benefit and wisdom within it. We've already talked about a number of very fascinating things that we can reflect on. But the primary point that I wanted to make here today <coughs> is this point. That Ibrahim salam, as he's restrained and tied up there, think about that feeling of helplessness. What does he do in that moment? He makes dua to Allah. He prays to Allah. He calls out to Allah. Allahumma anta al-ilah fi-samaq wa na'abduka fi-l-ar. Oh Allah, you are the Lord and the Master, the only one worthy of worship, beyond the heavens. And oh Allah, I am your servant and your slave, weak and humble and frail and helpless on this earth. Help me, oh Allah. The time comes when they finally launch him. And now they... And he's flying through the air. Think about the helplessness that one would feel in that moment. You're just falling through the sky. You can't even like, your hands and legs are tied. Totally helpless. When he reaches the peak of the trajectory, where you're about to start falling now, and he can see this big blazing fire unlike anything anyone's ever seen before. And he's falling right into the middle of that fire. It's as if time freezes and time stops in that moment. And Jibreel alayhi salam, the Archangel Gabriel, Jibreel alayhi salam comes to Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he says to him that the heavens and the earth and all the creation of Allah are witnessing this moment in horror. You are the friend of God, Khalilullah. And they are witnessing this moment in horror. And your prayer has echoed throughout the heavens. And all of the creation is in anguish. I am here with permission from my Lord, from Allah, and I have come to ask you, Is there anything you need? Is there anything I personally can do for you? May I be of service to you? And Ibrahim alayhi salam, and there's a quick note I have to make here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does send us help in many different ways and shapes and forms. And there's nothing wrong with taking that help. 
But nonetheless, this is the Prophet and the Messenger of Allah. This is one of the greatest messengers of Allah. This is the friend of God Himself. So He is setting an example, He is demonstrating something at the highest level, at the highest caliber, where He says to make the point so that the lesson would be there and that we would continue to reflect on it for generations upon generations upon generations until it would be imparted to us in the Qur'an, in the Book of Allah and we would be talking about it here today. He says, As far as you are concerned, I do not need you. I don't need your help personally. I am not in need of you. I am in need of Allah. And this is to make the point that sometimes we will find ourselves in a situation where there will not be any means. There will be no logical explanation of how I can be helped or assisted in this moment. There's no one there. If you find yourself stranded somewhere, you're stuck, you're stranded, and you don't have a phone, and there's nowhere nearby, there's no signs of life anywhere around you, Normally we have that we have that little bit of qualifier that 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 little hesitation built into our head where we say I'm going to make dua and somebody will stop I'm going to make dua and my phone will start working again I'll get cell reception I'll make dua and you know somebody will come along But what if you're somewhere where there is no way for that help to reach you directly do you still turn to Allah? Do you still have that same kind of hope? If you don't see a road and you don't see lights and you don't see a car and you don't have a cell signal, do you still make dua with the same conviction that you would as if a car was driving by you? And that's what Ibrahim demonstrates here. I don't need you, I need Allah. And then what happens in that moment? Ibrahim continues to fall towards the fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us here in this surah, surah number 21, in this ayah, very, very well known that we've all heard and we've read multiple times, ayah number 69, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we proclaimed, we said, we decreed, we announced at that moment, Ya na, O fire, kuni bardan wa salaman. Be cool and be peaceful. Be calm and be safe. Ala Ibrahim. Upon Ibrahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, think about all the ways that this situation could be solved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have sent like a giant bird that would have snatched Ibrahim and flown him to safety. The wind could have carried him to land outside the fire. Allah could have sent down so much rain in a burst in a moment, it would have extinguished the fire. But that is still the creation interfering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us that when you turn to Allah, when you put your faith and hope in Allah, when you make dua to Allah, and there's no logical explanation, there's no reasonable way that this can be solved for you, but you still put your full faith and trust in Allah in that moment, Allah will change nature itself. And Allah will make the impossible possible. The most illogical, impossible seeming thing will become reality. Because there are no limits for Allah. There is no 
There is no restriction or limitation upon Allah. And what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the nature of fire itself. That will fire become cool and become peaceful and become safe upon Ibrahim alayhi salam. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu tells us that the ropes that were tied to the hands and the feet of Ibrahim, that's not Ibrahim. That's against Ibrahim. So when he fell into the fire, the fire actually burned the ropes without burning a single spot on his skin. And Ibrahim was safe and sound. And the lesson, the reminder, the reflection here is that if we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the same Allah that we are turning to that Ibrahim turned to in that moment. He has the same qudra, the same unlimited power, qadir ala kulli shay, ala kulli shayin qadir, that he was in that moment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do the same for us change the world itself, defy the laws of nature themselves, because they are all the creation and the will and the hukum of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did for Ibrahim And that's ultimately what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran. That, When there was a question that was posed to the Prophet because people were coming out of, coming out of a time of shirk where they worshipped idols and false gods. That they had a question. That, okay, we are worshipping Allah. Is He near? Is He far? Is He close? Does He hear us? Does He not hear us? How does this work? When my servants come to you and ask you about me, then Allah responds Himself, I am right here. I've been listening the whole time. I've been here the whole time. I've never been far away from you. And the next part of the ayah tells us what the problem is. Ujibu, Allah promises, I will always answer. Ujibu, I will always answer. The call of the caller, whenever he or she calls me. The dua of the one making dua whenever he or she makes dua. You see, do you hear the repetition? The call of the caller whenever he or she calls. This kind of repetition in the Arabic language is for emphasis. Allah is telling us the problem has never been whether or not Allah is listening. The problem, the problem has never been whether or not Allah will answer. The problem is that you don't call. You don't talk to me. You don't reach out. You don't pray. You don't make dua. Because again, we have all these mental barriers built up. All these hesitations that we have. Oh, it's not reasonable for me to make dua for this. Oh, how's that possibly? How's that logically going to happen? But that's us setting up those limitations upon Allah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I will always answer. But you need to call out. You need to reach out. You need to make dua. And Allah promises that He will always answer us. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim. Wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bilayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-Muslimin. Fastaghfiruh, innahu huwa al-Ghafuru rahim
الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه المجيد بعد عوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته As we conclude there are two things that I wanted to mention number one is as a lot of times in the khutbah, in the khutbatul jumu'ah, in the Friday sermon, we sometimes talk about things that are more there to correct our understanding, to try to gain a better or bigger perspective on things. And it's not so much of a practical thing where there's something to do, but it's more so something to think about. But in this case and in this instance, there is something to do. And that is the ayah that I mentioned right before. It talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminding us and emphasizing that reach out, call, make dua, talk to me. And so as we conclude our salah here, after we conclude Salatul Jumu'ah, before we get up and go, before we do anything else, even taking 30 seconds, 60 seconds, to just spread our hands before Allah and make that dua from our heart. The thing that seems impossible, the thing that seems unattainable, the thing that's been tearing us up inside, the thing that's been weighing very heavily on us. But there's almost like a reluctance, a hesitation, maybe even an embarrassment to ask for it. The message here, the lesson from the story of Ibrahim salam here is, don't, don't, don't hesitate, don't be reluctant. Just take a few moments, a minute, and pour your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second thing, um, just so that after Jumu'ah, I don't forget, after the Salah, we do have a Salatul Janaza here uh, uh, with us today, inshallah. Brother Muhammad Saeed Khan, uh, the grandfather of our dear friend Abdul Ahad, uh, passed away yesterday, and we will be performing his Salatul Janaza. So inshallah, after the Jumu'ah prayer is done, we'll be making our way back uh, to the roots area, inshallah, and we will be having the Salatul Janaza there. So please, inshallah, join us for that. It's a great act of reward. It is actually, the Prophet says, the right of our Muslim brother or sister upon us that we should perform their Salatul Janazah. Allahumma izzil islam wal muslimin. Allahumma sulil islam wal muslimin. Allahumma ahdina wa ahdivina wa ja'alna sababa li man ihtada. Allahumma anna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Allahumma ahsin aqibatana fil umuri kulliha. Wa ajinna min khizi dunya wa adab al-akhira. Allahumma wafiqna lima tuhib wa tarda. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala nabiyyil kareem. Qala Allahu ta'ala, inna Allah ya'muru bil'adil wal-ihsani wa ita'idhi al-qurba. وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة